Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to Pilots and Pictards Podcast, a podcast that has little or nothing to do with aviation, but everything to do with the first episode of the Filmic series. Pictard is a real word, a bomb. Look it up. All right, hoisters, so we have a very special wild card episode. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist pilot critic, and Kenya the podcast. Our pragmatic, bleeding heart cyclops, Drew, is out this week. The motherfucking magical Mismo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers, is also out this week. Stepping in, we have the return of Zero. Zero, would you like to add anything? I'm the Cartman of uh, podcast. And joining us, we have returning hoister, Honest John. Honest John, would you like to add anything? People's champion of trivia and former motorcycle club president. We would like to thank today's sponsor is The Life You Can Save. So thank The Life You Can Save for this ad-free listening. You can go on their website, and instead of buying a non-essential consumer item, you can donate and save or significantly improve a life around the world. And for Drew, we would like to say fuck you to Crooked Media for their crooked piece of shit ads. So contact us if you would like to sponsor a show or slander a rival. And as always, if you are enjoying today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. You can repay your debt by listening to more episodes, recommending us to someone else, or giving us constructive feedback. We could stack never-ending ads and create sob stories about why we need your money, but we don't. So join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the cult classic biker gang drama Sons of Anarchy will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. And we have a, a very strong background today coming from Honest John and Zero. Zero, would you like to, to start us off with your background with Sons of Anarchy? I've watched it from start to finish several times. I don't want, really want to talk about it too much because I'm afraid that it might <coughs> uh, have something to do with the, the questions I'm going to give you for the, uh, trivia. And what I'd like to do is move right along because I'm getting cued by my producer because I'm under a time schedule. Honest John, would you like to briefly hit us with your background? Uh, I've watched the Sons of Anarchy all the way through two times. The, this is my third time seeing the, the pilot. And and it, you started a biker gang because of your Sons of Anarchy fandom? That is true. I did start a motorcycle club based off of uh, watching the Sons of Anarchy TV show. That is correct. Nice. And Zero, what what's your role in this uh, mo- motorcycle club? I'm a band member. I'm one of the, I'm one of the uh, Southern Oregon originals. Nice. I, I I forgot to put my colors on, but I have my vest. Very impressive too. But I don't think it's fair for you to spend a whole bunch of time asking John questions when I have to move along here because I'm under a time schedule. Okay. Yeah. So so briefly, uh, hoisters. My background is is uh I I was a dedicated Shield fan, and so I saw a lot of advertisements for Sons of Anarchy during my my shield watching experiences i never watched it i did watch maybe one or two episodes with zero wasn't that impressed uh, two minute summary uh the sons of anarchy is based on an outlaw motorcycle club and they try to show uh 
the outlaw motorcycle club lifestyle, but also that small town kind of vibe and feel. It's uh, can I elaborate on that? No, we don't need any elaborations. We want to keep it as short as possible. Perfect. Part one. Hoisters, for any new listeners, part one is going to be spoiler-free. Hopefully, we'll see how this goes. We're going to talk about high points, low points, and we're going to evaluate the quality of the pilot. And so the first section, we are just going to jump into highs and lows and anything in between. I thought the plot was was okay. I'm not going to lie. There's this, this is a pilot with not a lot of high points. I did happen to read part of the script. The script is much better than the pilot episode. So I'm, I'm going to say that the writing and the plot are are high points some of the other high points not necessarily that they're great things that happen in the show or revolutionary but some of the things i really enjoyed were um the conversations that jimma teller had with um tara the nurse in the hospital and also the pep talk she gave to the junkie whore in the hospital um i thought those did a good good job of kind of showing what you would think uh, the old lady of an outlaw motorcycle club guy would kind of kind of be like. I'll say Jacks, the you know the main character in in the show does have some potential and some and some redeeming qualities, and I would like to come back to him a, a lot more in part two. Yeah, I think yeah, we will yeah. because I have that written down here. Any other high points? And then I think there's there's a lot of low points that that I think we can start rattling off. I agree, a lot of low points here. Well, why don't you start them? The the most annoying thing, the main character, I don't know the actor's name, I uh, but he is not a good actor. In fact, he has the worst walk maybe in television history. I think his leg is three inches shorter, like one leg is three inches shorter. It's so annoying. Well, Jim, uh, not that it is the reason, but if he was the writer of an old Harley Davidson that you had you kickstart, sometimes that can cause shortening of the pelvis and cause a, a limp like you see. I don't know if that's why they did it, but... Could be. And just, and just to add on, his beard is lame. His facial expressions are very poor. Look like more of a boy band than a outlaw motorcycle club. No, I disagree with all with that, what you're saying. And also his tattoos were pathetic, you know. No, his tattoo was awesome. Very, yeah, very weak, weak tattoo performance. Except for, I guess, the, the big back patch tattoo at the end was more outlaw bikery. I would even add that that this show, the the pilot episode, doesn't really have any interesting or compelling characters. There's not a single character that I really care to see what happens. How can you say that? Uh, I thought Jimma was an interesting character just because she kind of really stood out and really put her foot down on all those matters. You could, could just get the feel that she was going to be heavily influenced in all the other aspects of the of the show, the way she treated those other women in Jax's life. I thought Jax also had some some potential, like you said. To kind of jump back to a high point, I think I think the show does develop a deep conflict, which is the book and Jax kind of maybe how he's going to deal with that. I do think as as a pilot, they do successfully develop a deep conflict that's going to keep or sorry, that's going to maintain a long series. Yeah, actually, and one more high point uh, that I put on there, and this was just because it's something that we kind of have done in the past in our life was. Um, the Sam Crow Wall of Fame, when they showed that with all the members' mugshots, I, I kind of thought that was cool. Not not that it's cool to be a, a felon, but just the way that they, they, they kept everybody's picture up there. I, I got one more low point that I kind of talked about a little bit. The directing and the execution of this pilot is really bad. 
They made some poor choices when comparing it to the script. With a few tweaks and maybe a couple different, you know, actors, I think they really could have uh, started off a lot stronger. I, I tried for a long time to find low points, and I watched the pilot three times to make my uh, trivia questions. And I thought that the low points for me was the beating up Kareen Elvis. Yep, agreed. Okay. And the dumb prospects that they get. I have to say the prospects, uh, the main prospect that they showed was Half Sack, which one, he's got an awesome nickname. Two, I thought that that, that wasn't uh, a low point by any means. It kind of showed the hierarchy of the motorcycle clubs and how they kind of treat the, those prospects or those new entries who haven't quite become members yet. Yeah, well, you know, that's another thing that's not very well developed. There's a lot going on plot-wise in 44 Minutes. Most of it doesn't need to be in there. Like you can really focus on some of the characters, develop them in the in the main conflict, and save that stuff for next episode in the first season. I think that was their plan was just to emphasize on on on, on Jack and Clay and Gina, Gemma, 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 Peggy. You could just call her Peggy. Everybody knows no. Peggy. I'll I'll throw in a couple of the low points that I thought. Um, the intro when they had Jax uh, riding the motorcycle by himself. Okay, a couple things. The no helmet thing, right on. That's cool, whatever, if you're an outlaw. No eye protection, however, is a huge no-no. At night. When riding a motorcycle with no visor. It doesn't matter night or day. And you're smoking a cigarette. And smoking a cigarette. Uh, There's more bugs out at night. Way more bugs out at night. Well, but but mainly, like, anyone who's even ridden a bicycle 30 miles yeah. per hour, your eyeballs get so dry, it's just, it's a horrible irritation. That would never happen. So that, that was a huge low point for me. One of the other low points was the opening scene where the club went and met uh, where the, the Mayan gang had burned down their club and stole their guns. I just thought how ridiculous that the cop calls the biker club. They show up when the cops are, while the firefighters are there, they give the cop a cash bribe on the scene. Like, I mean, that, that was just kind of, kind of absurd. I thought there's, there's definitely some ridiculous plot points. Yeah. And then one of the other low points and, uh, not that I can condone any of this activity, but if you're going to have $30,000 worth of illegal, uh, fully automatic rifles and you're just a bunch of biker trash you could have a prospect watching those guns at all time i would have enjoyed seeing someone get killed at each robbery other than they have thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of guns and there's no one there the guns get stolen and then somehow these guys steal the same guns back once again no one watching the guns it just that that just really rubbed me the wrong way hoisters for uh, time purposes we are we are going to move on to MVPs. And for any new listeners, this is the most valuable part of the pilot. So Honest John, uh, why, why don't you talk a little bit about your MVP, spoiler free. We're still we're still spoiler free here. Yeah, just real quick. The, I mean, my MVP was the book from uh, John Teller passed on to Jax Teller. I think just um, the, the title of the book and then that second page that had um, his like tribute to his sons and what he hoped for his sons that right there explains essentially the entire first episode, but also the entire, the whole of Sons of Anarchy. That's that's what it's all about. I, I completely agree. I thought the mystery of the main character's father, like I already, you know, we kind of mentioned 
for for a for a high point is the deep conflict and it's it's intriguing and it's engaging and it and it it is going to provide fuel for the rest of the series. Zero, what's your most valuable part? Like I said, I, I was really intrigued by the book. That was my highest point. And not only that, but it it, it tells you a lot about what's going to what the future is going to be. All right. So now, hoisters, we're going to move into the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Is John going to re 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 watch? Is Zero going to watch this show for a tenth or twelfth time? Am I going to watch this show? Yeah. Are you going to watch this show, Jimbo? No. Hell no. This is this is a very easy choice for me. There is there's a lot of stuff to watch out there, and Sons of Anarchy is nowhere even near the middle of my list. Uh, well, obviously, I've already watched and rewatched, and then rewatched the pilot again after that. So um, I'm kind of biased. But if I was just judging, like at this point in my life, just seeing that pilot, uh, overall, that pilot was very poorly done. If it wasn't for all the stuff I already know from seeing, the book wouldn't be nearly as intriguing for me either. I would probably choose to not rewatch if I hadn't already done so. But but knowing what what you know, are you going to come back to this show? I just finished re-watching it like three days ago, so no. Zero? Uh, I will continue watching it. All right, great. And now, hoisters, the moment we've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist, that is the question. So, Zero, remember, we are we are casting judgment on the pilot solely. And this is a, this is a hella hoist for me. I will not hoist it. Honest, John? I also will not hoist wow. it, uh, and primarily based off the fact that I already watched it three times, man. I mean, you know, but if you have no interest in outlaw bikers, dirty junkie whores, or white trash, uh, there's no need to really get in too deep to Sons of Anarchy, unless you're out of midlife crisis and you want to start a motorcycle club. So, hoisters, it, sound, it sounds like we have a split decision, not hoist. I'll accept that. That'll make the placement a little interesting. All right, so now we're going to move into part two. We're going to spoil everything in this section. We will spoil everything in this section. That's true. <laughs> part two, this is our filmic analysis. We are going to dive into some of the plot points, maybe filming or characters. And we're going to start off with our Crabman Award. Hey, girl. Hey, Crabman. And for any new hoisters, the Crabman goes to a character with a small role, giving way more than they are taking, usually making large contributions with little to no screen time. Honest John, who is your Crab Man? Okay, my Crab Man award goes to Piney Winston. Uh, he was the old man biker at the table that after Jax's son had, had all the issues, he gave the shout out to Jax just to let him know the Redwood Originals are there for whatever he needed. I felt like that. He's the one breathing with, with the oxygen? Yep, the one that also Opie cracked the joke, and he said, you know, I really, really see a lot of your father in you, and he was like, oh, that's the pot, pop, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. That's my crab man. Okay, so that's that's a strong crab man. I could maybe uh, be uh, persuaded on that. Zero, who is your crab man? My crab man is Happy Half-Sack. It's just Half-Sack, the prospect. But his first name is Happy Half-Sack. No, it's not. <laughs> his first name is Kip. I'm I'm gonna throw out a different crabman. I think uh, the crabman is also a a dual MVP award, and I think I think John Teller he's not even on screen. He's bare, he's referenced a few times, 
major, major contributions. And I think he has to go home with the MVP and the Crab Man. I can see giving John Teller the MVP, but I don't know about the Crab Man. I think even Half Sack is maybe a better Crab Man because he actually makes an appearance. And I think that's a key part, has a very small role. John Teller, you can almost argue, has the largest role in this pilot other than Jack's. All right, Zero, what do you think, man? You're going to be the deciding factor. I go half stack. All right, so Hoisters, by split decision, half stack is going home with a crab man. I, I, I had half stack as a uh, crab man nominee, but after he beat up uh, Korean Elvis, I was like, ah, I'm going to go with Piney, you know? Really distasteful there. All right, Hoisters, so now we are going to dive into that literary analysis. And. I think Jax is is the most interesting thing to talk about at this point. So Zero, as as our most dedicated, faithful listener, you want to start us off? The whole background of, of Sons of Anarchy is that Jack finds his dad's diary in a book he's writing, and he's trying to talk his kids not to get into the chaos of being a biker band, and his father did not agree in which direction the, the club was going. And Jack was starting to feel guilty about the way the club was going. And you, you, there's several scenes in there where, he, and, and even one time he tells Clay, what if we don't do anything? And Clay gets all mad at him. Well, what do you mean we can't do anything? We have to, you know, that's, that's what we do, you know, and stuff like that. But Jack was wanted to get the club back to where his father had started. In Aristotle's Poetics, he talks about all the great Greek tragedies or the Greek plays. Greek plays would have some moment of discovery for the main character. Jax has that in the the pilot for sure, but... The pilot doesn't do a good job to really explain how significant that book is, not just in the pilot, but in the entire seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy. That that book never leaves. He definitely discovers something. He, he's, he discovers that maybe his whole maybe life that he's dedicated to this motorcycle club is not what it should have been. And he probably has looked up to his dad as this idol, and now he's maybe finding out that his dad was not the person that, that he remembers. So that's interesting. But I think they could have maybe like spent some more time with Jax on that. Yeah, and I, I don't feel like he really had that kind of moment of discovery and that uh, internal plot going. Because like at the very end of the show, his son is has, a I think they said like 15 or 20% chance of living. He's going through a major surgery. And Jax is out there stealing guns and killing rival gang members. But I think it, it does kind of show that he just has like this mixed, I mean, essentially the, the battle of good and evil. You know, he constantly goes back and forth and the dead father is probably the good. His kids are probably the good. And then his mother and uh, Clay and the club are all the bad. And it's just a, a nonstop kind of tugging of the string. The book is essentially what Jax's dead father is going through, and then Jax is, ends up going through that same kind of struggle as you see in the, the pilot where he wants to get out of guns. He asks his mom about what the original club uh, goal was and stuff. And I thought one of the interesting things, too, that kind of shows uh, Jimma's true colors was when Jackson asked her about his father and what the vision was, 
Um, she just blatantly lied right to his face and then goes and tells the stepdad, uh, Clay, you know, you got to nail him in, make sure he doesn't, uh, fall off the bandwagon, essentially meaning let's keep this guy as a felon and a convict and the future president of the motorcycle club. Let's make sure he doesn't get out and try to live a clean life and raise his family type deal. Okay. Uh, I, I would just like to say that <clears throat> when Jack tells Gemma, that why should he like his son? He's going to die. She slaps him in the face. And she says, don't ever do that. And then after after he, she slapped him in the face and he realized that, you know, he, he, he changed his attitude about that baby. Does he? No, he did not. I, I would say he didn't. because Why was he crying when the baby survived? He hadn't even gone and seen the baby. I agree that was a, a small step in the direction. That was probably what got him to go back and see the baby. But... I didn't feel that he had that moment where he was a changed, you know, born again, non, you know, biker outlaw. No, I, I'm not saying that that was the reason why he changed. I think he started change. He he started changing before he even found his father's diary or book. He didn't change those. What I'm saying is he he was killing people at the very end of the show. When they go to get stop the Mexicans from going into the warehouse, Clay tells Jack. Okay, this is up to you. You finish him off. But and, and Jack's got the gun pointed at the guy, but he will not shoot him. He already shot him three times. The guy was dying already. Well, let me ask this: what are what are we supposed to feel for Jacks in this pilot episode? Because he's not a likable guy. I mean, he has he has a couple moments where he kind of has some some redeeming qualities. But yeah, like you know, like Honest John's saying, when it comes down to it. He hasn't changed yet. I, I I don't think we spent enough time with him to really. So so what are we are, are we supposed to pity him because he's somewhat of a tragic figure? Are we supposed to connect with his fears? Like what are his fears? You kind of connect with the. You feel bad for the guy because he's got a son from a junkie whore that's battling for his life. You kind of feel bad for the guy because his father died and his father seemed like a badass. Do you really? Because. I, you know, the only character that I actually feel for a little bit is Wendy. If if I'm going to spend any pity on anyone, it's Wendy. No. Well, how could you say that? Yeah, that's wild, man. Hey, she, she's pregnant and she's shooting up crank. The yeah. baby comes out addicted, comes out addicted to, to crack. How could you know, she that, be a nice person? That's something to pity. She's treated like crap. Jax, Jax is the only one that treats her with any decency. Yeah, and I think that's also kind of shown when Jax goes to the hospital, he goes to see the junkie whore first before he sees the baby. Oh, and for the record, Hoisters, Wendy, Wendy is not a whore. She, she's not a prostitute. But, but I'm just using the words that Gemma called her. Uh, Gemma tells Wendy, let's pray. And Wendy says, oh, okay. Je Gemma grabs Wendy's hand. She says, oh, God. Bless this whore, you know, mm -hmm. drug addict. It was addict a great whore. speech. That was one of my high yeah. points. That was... That's a point to pity Wendy. I think if you're going to pity anyone, it's the son, obviously. The son of the junkie whore and the the yeah. father's outlaw felon. I think, if anything, the only reason you're going to get drawn to it is if you're intrigued by the life of chaos, which a lot of people seem to really kind of thrive in that element. If you look at any strong character, let's look at uh, Walter White. His fear is like dying without taking care of his family first. So like he's he's driven by his fear. 
and we could look at maybe any of the main characters of any great great TV shows. They all have like some fear that that motivates them. But what's Jack's fear? What's his drive? In the pilot, I think his motivation is that he wants to get the club back to where it was when his father started it in 1967. That's something that they probably could have spent some more time with. They could have cut all the Elvis junk. You know, the scene with with the police officers and the and the fire department. We don't need to see that. We already saw the Mexicans blow up the place. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's definitely some wasted time in uh, you know, multiple scenes. I agree. So there's some really awesome symbolism and metaphor with the baby's genetic defect. I thought that was brilliant. You have the real problem is the baby's inherent inheriting this just chaotic lifestyle and family. Like like that's like that's his real birth defect is he's born into the Teller family. And I thought that was really well done. That's that's a good writing. Gemma tells uh Jack that him and his brother both had that same birth defect and it, it was hereditary. Now, I don't know how his brother died. Jax's brother died from the heart disease that, that the family has. And uh, if you notice in the very intro of the show, Jimma has a huge scar from having open heart surgery of some sort right between her, her uh, breast assist. So Yeah, so, so I thought that's a, a really cool met- metaphor because the baby's, the baby's birth defect is not, is not going to be the real problem in the, in the baby's life. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what I was saying with like the intrigue with Jax Teller is, and is that's the same thing that his father, like, like his father said in that book, uh, this is for my sons, Thomas, who's already at peace and Jackson, may he never know this life of chaos. And it's very clear that Jackson knows the life of chaos very well. And Abel m- might as well. A biblical name, Abel is killed by Cain in the, uh, Genesis. His own brother. So that could be, a, you know, something to look forward to as well. Definitely. And and we also never said anything about who is Sam Crow. It was on my, on my list, but I forgot to ask it. Sam Crow is Sons of Anarchy Motorcycle Club Redwood Original. It's just the acronym for their club. I knew there, the acronym was in there, but I, I didn't realize it was Sam's Crow. Wait, how's it spelled out? Crow. S A M C R O. Oh, okay. Sons of Anarchy. All, all one S-A, word. All one Motorcycle word. Club MC Redwood Original R O. When John Thomas uh, wrote the book, he, instead of saying uh, the the acronym S A M C R O. He made it like S A M Sam and then C R O W Sam Crow and that and, and and if you would have read the second page of of the when uh, Jack opens up the the book and the, and the second page it it tells you they should actually release the the manuscript that John Teller writes as as a piece of fiction that 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 listeners can read yeah yeah I read that well they were supposed to make a movie. All right, so I think I think it's time. Um, quest for the best and worst pilot ever, and I was hoping Drew was going to weigh in on this one. I don't think he watched the pilot. In fact, Hoisters, um, yeah, Drew Drew has a new addition to the family, so uh, that's that's why he wasn't with us today. I probably should have mentioned that earlier. What's what's the lowest show on the list that you guys can can compare this to? Because I think we are going way down. 
I, I don't agree with your list at all. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know your list. Well, you guys are about 50 shows. I'd say this is probably middle of the pack or underneath that. I'm thinking this is the second worst pilot we've we've watched. No. Oh, wow. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I would say, uh, what's your number one? The Shield? Oh, my goodness. No. Come on. no. All right. The Shield? Wonderfalls. What do you think? This this or Wonderfalls, old man? Uh, I never I never watched Wonderfalls. You watched Wonderfalls twice. You said you liked oh. it anyways. False. But that's not what I asked you. Where is The Shield at? Oh, this is way below the shield. You know what? I'm I'm just going to cut our guests out on this one. I'm going to place Sons of Anarchy pilot at the new 55 in pending a Drew watch. So you guys can uh, you know, collude with Drew and see if and see if Drew is willing to bump it up. I I have a feeling he might be able to bump it up above Alex Inc., but I don't think it's going above DC Titans. So we'll so we'll so we'll just go with that. You know, I'm I'm going to use I'm going to use my trump card on this one. Yeah, I don't think that's fair. Cool. <laughs> and so now we're going to move into part three. And for any new listeners, part three is we're going to dive outside of the pilot. We're going to maybe tackle some related themes to the show or series. And we may or may not have much to talk about for this one. And so uh, Drew will, should, should be back in a week or two and he can update us on any, uh, on any Stormy Daniel news because we are going to move into our Stormy Daniels dangling threads of interest. I like yours, honest John. Why don't you jump, uh, jump, jump, jump into that first one? Um, some dangling threads. I think um, one of the scenes that kind of stood out was uh, when Opie and his wife Donna got in that argument in the garage when he was supposed to go uh, detonate the bomb, and then they they had to build an argument, and Jack's kind of covered for him and stuff. I thought that that kind of portrayed more of what I would imagine the real life kind of uh, family dynamics would be in that situation, which I thought that was kind of one of the things that this show does is it kind of almost glorifies the outlaw biker lifestyle. The one scene at the very beginning when Jax rides into the convenience store and he, he picks up the pack of condoms and the girl's like, you can get these by the case, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's really funny. The way that they had all the women affiliated with the bike club were like really attractive women. And like, so they made it look like these guys were just badasses. They go anywhere and beat up whoever they want with no, uh, repercussions. Like, like they're going to really beat up, uh, Korean Elvis in the green room at a casino. And they're not even in their biker gear and they just get away with it. Korean Elvis doesn't tell a single person. He just leaves and, uh, has five gigs canceled. I mean, come on. That's, that was ridiculous. Would you say that most shows glorify the outlaw lifestyle, or is it, or is that just an exceptional with this one? Because because this this really reminded me of Godfather movies, where I think you have it's very clear. Like the Godfather Michael's story is extremely depressing and tragic. It does not glorify being a gangster or a mobster at all. Where 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 I do agree with you. I think a lot of people are going to watch Sons of Anarchy and think like. Yeah, this is cool, and Jax is cool. That people are going to think is cool is all the bullshit where, like, that Opie Winston and Donna argument, that's that's that real life. You know, the the junkie, whore, pregnant ex-wife ODing with the kid, that's that real life, you know? And I think if you really watch it, anyone who, like, really pays attention would know this is not a career path. This is not the lifestyle you want to live, this outlaw uh, motorcycle club. 
Yeah, in in uh, talking about the drug overdose, so so there's there's a relatively new overdose treatment. It's called Narcan, and it's it's like a spray, and you just inhale it, and it instantly stops an overdose. And so and so they've been doing some research. Some some states have allowed it, and other states have not allowed it. And there's some debate whether the the Narcan is actually increasing people's abusive use of of drugs because now they have like an easy like an easy um, solution to it. And so they did a study and, and one person found that, that states that legalized Narcan actually had increased deaths from, from, um, overdoses. And then someone else came back and said, well, wait a second, there's, there's a little bit more to this story. And they, and they retested and they found that a lot of, a lot of states that had it legalized, people didn't actually have access to it. So then they went and, and looked at smaller areas like cities that actually used it. And they found that, that the Narcan actually does significantly decrease the amount of deaths from from overdose, but but whether people are actually using more, the answer is, is probably. You know, like there, if you have like this little safety mechanism in your pocket, people are being a lot more risky behavior as far as probably using drugs, especially when you have you know dangerous heroin replacements that are really cheap, like fentanyl. Most junkies would probably spend the extra five bucks on their next hit than buy the spray that's going to save their life. You can't buy that. If the police department has it. The fire department has it. Hospitals have it. All these different places have it. But junkies just can't walk into the drugstore and say, oh, give me uh, five things of uh, Narcan because I'm going to go in OD five times. Yeah. But I think there are, are some states that are making it where you can issue it out like at a public facility so people can actually go and get it. In some states that have legalized it. Well, here's the thing. So heroin that's laced with fentanyl is really cheap. It's also extremely dangerous as far as like you can die from one hit. So people that have the Narcan in their pocket, I think, are going to go for the cheaper, more dangerous drug. Because just like you said, like, yeah, if I can spend less on my high, then I can get more highs out of it. So that's an interesting thing with the Narcan. It'll it'll, it'll be interesting. I think uh, in the future, as, as they use it, more and they and they're able to study a little better. I think they'll have a better understanding of whether it it actually helps as far as keeping people alive, so that they can maybe get treatment or not. I don't think people that OD want want to come back. I don't know. Yeah, time will tell. So I thought that was interesting. Zero. Do you have any uh, dangling threads of interest? Not not really. Not really. All right. I think we can move on. And so now we are going to move into our petardar. And for any new listeners, these are recommendations based on the pilot viewing experience. So, Zero, what, what do you got for us? The shows that me and Honest John have watched for yourself a couple times, okay, like Weeds, Base Motel, Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, uh, Walking Dead, we watched them because the show progressed so much that every week we would talk about the show like you guys do on your podcast. Okay, that doesn't do with Petardar. So yeah, my Petardar. I, was, I said Weeds and Bates Motel. Okay, oh, so Weeds and Bates, and Bates Motel is your recommendations for, for people today? Well, I would say, yeah. Okay. Honest John, what's what's in your Petardar? If you enjoyed Sons of Anarchy, would be uh, The Peaky Blinders, which is a Netflix original. It's got some of the same characteristics. It's like an outlaw uh, Irish gang and stuff. Um, and then uh, Narcos, also a Netflix original, is uh, more of the outlaw Pablo Escobar kind of stuff. I feel like they have a lot of the same 
characteristics as far as they kind of make you want to like the bad guy and they kind of glorify the outlaws and they make the life look uh, so glamorous, but it tends to be in the end that it really isn't. Yeah, but those two, the, the, if you watch the pilot shows of those two, the pilot series, first episode, you, I don't think you, you would get any better rating than the Sons of Anarchy. Narcos is a phenomenal show. Peaky Blinders is, I would say, probably a better show than the Sons of Anarchy. Well, I can't argue with Honest John Nikon, the motivation I'm on, the most honorable one. I just watched Godfather parts one and two over the last three nights, and that and that severely hurt my viewing experience of of Sons of Anarchy because it is nowhere near Godfather. So Godfather is definitely up there. If if you want if you want really strong storytelling, really great filming and and cinematography, really I mean just all around great dialogue. The Godfather is so excellent, and you will never want to be a criminal if you watch The Godfather. Like like you are not going to want to get into a life of crime. At least, at least, big level life of crime. There's, there's some strong sim- similarities between Sons of An- Anarchy and Hamlet, and Hamlet does it a lot better. You have, you have the Prince of Denmark. Hamlet's uncertainty really fuels, you know, the whole story. And, and I think that Jax could use a lot more uncertainty in his life. Like he just kind of rolls with it. I think if he was uncertain about whether his uncle was good or his uh, stepfather was good or bad, that that could really fuel his his character and add more suspense to a plot that just seems really straightforward at this point. How can you compare a three-and-a-half-hour movie to uh, 40 minutes of Sons of Anarchy or Breaking Bad or all the shows that you've wasted? Easy, because the pilot's purpose is to do a few things. One of the things that's obvious, we're supposed to watch a second episode. In order for us to want to watch that second episode, it has to develop the characters, it has to develop the conflicts. And what's what's great about the Godfather and Hamlet is they develop the conflicts really well, and they and they develop the characters extremely well. And so, and even and even uh, Michael in in the Godfather, he's also someone that's really struggling. He wants nothing more than to not be his father. And what does he become? He becomes like ten times worse than his father. Is this in the spoiler free zone? Yeah, sure, whatever, man. Now, you know, now we're just kind of. Uh, you just summarized the Sons of Anarchy. That's what happens. <laughs> nice. It's it's a biker version of the Godfather. You know, just more white trashy. Yeah. Okay. So it's a white trashy Godfather, drawn yeah, out. Yeah. Less siblings. Smaller family. Smaller town. Nice. Oh, so you know. So maybe there's some promise in there. And and then one one last thing in my in in my Padardar, the shield. You have Kurt Sutter. He's he's the writer creator of Sons of Anarchy, and he was a writer on the Shield. And as I've already mentioned a few times now, I would recommend if you're interested in Sons of Anarchy, go and check out the script. I do have a link to that in the Petardar as well. Oh, uh, and one thing I meant to say in the dangling threads was um, the fact that Peg Bundy is the real life wife of the writer and creator of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah, that's some good background. Part four. And so now, Zero is going to hoist Petard Trivia. Have you went much further than the pilot? No. Uh, did you pay much attention to the pilot? Sure. Okay, so you don't feel like Honest John has anything over you because he he's watched it three times? I will admit Honest John is a heavy favorite for this Petard Trivia. Okay, I, I think it would only be fair for John to give you one point spread. I'll take it. 
How do you I f- won't give it. Oh. <clears throat> that was Honest John the Con, the motivational man, the most honorable. So that was a no, Jim. You don't get the one point spread. Well, typ- typically, typically the trivia host has complete you know, godlike you know, powers over petard trivia, you know, if you want to exercise those. Well, well, let's see after I ask the questions. What was your buzzer? That's my buzzer, ding, ding. And your buzzer? Godfather. Your buzzer is Godfather. Yes. I'm going to change my questions around a little bit because you are the underdog, and I'm going to give the easy questions first, Mm. okay? Now, in the pilot, you see two really familiar faces in it. Can you tell me what their names are? Ding, ding. Face one is Peggy oh Bundy. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and face uh, two. Hmm. Well, face one is Peggy Bundy, folks. Uh, okay. Uh, do, you ha- do you have anything to add to that, Jim? You, wanna- you can get a point off this. Can I get a hint? Uh, oh, can I get a hint? You already answered, John. Oh, wow. He's a very known, well-known actor. He's been in hundreds of things, and he's a funny-looking guy. I'm going to say uh, Peggy Bundy and Elvis Presley are my answers. Rob, I'm going to have to give the point to Honest John. Now, Honest John, for half a point, can you tell me what successful TV series those two familiar faces are from? Married with Children. That's only one person. I don't know who the other weird-looking guy is. Okay, so you get no points was. for that. The, the answer to the question was Katie Siegel, who starred in a very successful TV series. In fact, it was one of your podcasts, Married with Children. Plus, she was the voice in Futurama. The other familiar face was Ron Perlman. He was in a successful TV series called The Magnificent Seven. And he was also, in the early 90s, I think he was he was the star of Beauty and the Beast. So okay. we're going to give John a half a point. He didn't say he didn't say Katie Siegel. He said Peg Bundy. But, you know, I did say, uh, who's going to keep score? I'll keep score. Half a point. Two-point no, question, said, man. No, I didn't say two-point question. I That's said, fine. You got half credit. So Honest John has a half, uh, half point lead. When Peggy asked Jack, did you go to the storage? And Jack says, I'm on my way. When he got to the storage and he was going through the things, what did he find in the box? Ding, ding. Godfather. Uh, he found the book his father wrote, The Life and Death of Sam Crow, How the Sons of Anarchy Lost Their Way by John Thomas Teller. Okay, John gets the point. For a half a point, who is John Teller? Ding, ding. ding. John Teller is the father of Jackson Teller, the the original son of anarchy. What message did John Thomas leave for his sons? Ding, ding. He said, for my sons, Thomas, who is already at peace, and Jackson, may he never know this life of chaos. John gets the point. Okay. What is the name of the city? Ding, ding. ding. Oh, Charming. Okay, John gets the point. I think I already sealed it up, but let's keep going. This yeah, how many questions are there? Uh, well, I don't know. But go, it just goes I already on. got. I already got four and a half points, man. I mean, how many do I need? That's uh, five. What are the names of the other two motorcycle clubs Godfather. mentioned? Okay. You have the Mayans. Yes. And the One Niners. 
Right. You get one point for that. Hold on, I gotta interrupt. The One Niners are not a motorcycle club. They are just a regular old I think he said gang, right? They drive... No, he said motorcycle clubs. So you get the point because the only motorcycle club was the Mayans. The the One Niners are just a typical Oakland street gang. They drive Cadillac Escalades. They wear purple. I'll take that point. Okay, so what's the yeah, score now, Jimbo's? Four and a half to one, man. Yeah, it's four it's and a half to out. one. It's a, let's yeah, let's make one? let's make it interesting. How about five points? Ne- next question is worth five points. How's that? <laughs> how's that? Okay. Yeah, sure. Name four people that are in the Sons of Anarchy. Ding, ding. Ca- Clay, Jax, Tig, Bobby Elvis, Juice, Opie, uh, Piney. I mean, that's that's seven right there. So. Well, yeah, you only you you did that. All right, so that was a five pointer. So now I got nine and a half points. All right, Hoister. So we we have the the most brutal beating in Petard trivia um, ever. Honest John is his, is reclaiming some uh, date some dignity around town, and and I am am losing a lot. <clears throat> I tried to get you that point. Yeah, you sure did. Thanks, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure what's going to happen next week. Mo's father is is undergoing a extremely serious operation, so we might not have Mo for a couple more weeks now. And Drew just had a new addition to the family. We might we might be a couple more weeks without him as well. So next week could be a mystery, but eventually we are going to move into HBO month. So go to go to the website. Let us know which HBO shows you would like to see us do. We're, we're going to maybe do a rapid fire HBO month, and then we're going to do some full episodes. So throw in your input, and you can see those episodes that, that you want. You can probably pretty much count on Game of Thrones being one of them. So Fitz is sponsoring HBO month. Shout out to, to, to Fitz. We're definitely going to do uh, Westworld as well. And so now, if you can't tell by the plugs, I'm about to introduce the show is officially over but if you love us as much as we love us we're going to be around for a few more minutes and our intro outro music was mixed by jake drew if you would need if you would like some intro or outro music you can contact jake drew his there's a link in the show notes and you can as always follow us on twitter instagram we have a facebook group go to our website so you can participate in the continuing conversations and the pre-recording discussions and so now we we are in shop talk, and I think Zero would like to share some stories about Mo and Drew. I was wondering today when when I when, when I was gonna when I found out I was gonna be the host that is it just a coincidence or is it an anomaly that in July you had a baby you had a baby girl and then in September Johnny has a baby girl and then all of a sudden Drew has a baby girl coincidence or who knows, man? But as as always, it's you know it's your it's your hoister Jimbo that's setting the trend, hmm. and then you got you know you know you got the you got the nineteen eighty four kiddos following up, you know, trying to be like trying to be like Big Brother. But I, the point I was going to make was: is Mo pregnant with the girl, baby girl? Ooh, could be. We'll have to wait and find out. Mo, do you, are are you going to hit us with a secret? And, and technically, I actually knew I was having a child before you knew. So who was following who? You know, in those aspects. Yeah, yours was yours came first, but you know, I'm not sure if knowledge has anything to do with it. But oh, hey, I didn't. You know, yeah. And I would also like to uh, send a message to Bo. Is there's plenty of cute guys and son of sons of anarchy. So it's something you might like. That's true. She is. A, she is a sucker. Yeah, Mo will like Jack for sure. Yeah, I can. I, I see Mo liking a little jacket. Jack's pops his shirt off. He, that was a high point that uh, we missed. Oh yeah, <laughs> back tap. 
Oh, and also, I guess for the Petardar, not that I've seen it, but uh, they now have a show called Mayans MC, which is like the it's the Better Call Saul of the Sons of Anarchy world. So I, I'm not sure if that's true because the Better Call Saul is really good. I don't think but this it's not show as good is as Breaking Bad, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like the knockoff of Breaking Bad, and it's not as good as Sons of Anarchy either. I didn't watch all of Breaking Bad, and I didn't watch any, and I didn't watch past the pilot of a Better Call Saul. But Better Call Saul's Maybe it's not better, but because Break, Break, Breaking Bad is pretty, uh, is is pretty strong series. By series or uh, season three of Better Call Saul, Bud gets pretty, gets pretty bad. Oh really? Okay. Well, that's inevitable. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, I think um, you know, thanks a lot for uh, stepping in on on very short notice. You know, and and congratulations, you almost topped Drew on the worst pilot ever. Unfortunately, you know, Drew Drew really just secured that in the, in early on in our adventures. I mainly picked this pilot because I knew I would win Petard Trivia. Ooh, I knew it! My championship <laughs> title. Still technically undefeated. Uh, Mo gave Drew a, a tiebreaker that they didn't even air because it was clear who should have. <laughs> huh. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we could get you on next week with with the official Petard Trivia champion, Jacob Williams, of the Punisher body count, and we can maybe hash this out. Give you a chance to uh, redeem yourself. Pinning the 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 uh, pilot, uh, as long as it's not like Buffy or something like that, I could probably I already done Buffy. Oh, it's just a, it was just a kind of an example, but I could probably be be into that, you know. All right, so hoisters. Um, next week we might be tackling a, a Jacob Williams hoistler choice and and have a a very you know the much anticipated people's champion versus the actual champion. Okay. All right. Well, hey, every day, uh, Honest John's hoistling. Every day, Zero's hoistling. Every day we hoistling. Jimbo out. <laughs>